When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you listen to most people across the fantasy football and best ball industry, they will tell you, you don't need to worry about getting unique. Let the draft come to you. Be a value hound is the new thing. Being a value hound. Soak up all that ADP value. All the most important things, structure, value. Don't you want to get all your players past ADP? No, I want to make the finals and I want to win $2 million. And I want to get a team there that nobody else has. I actually did that last year. So let's try one more time and do it again. That's what we're going to do today. Figure out how we can get unique without making a really crappy team. Let's do it. Thank you, Jenks. I agree with you. I'm not going to even repeat what you said because those are forbidden words here on this channel, as are these words are also forbidden. But I agree with the end. What are you waiting for? What Tony says. Let's get it. My buddy AO says, let's get it. Jenks says, LFG. And then uh, the Voldemort of streaming afterwards. So... Really quick, what I want to do is uh, everybody likes to do shameless plugs. I'm going to do a shameless. I'm going to do a. <laughs> uh, you guys are great. Uh, I'm going to do a, a super quick shameless plug before I hop into this draft. You know, I try to keep the streams to like maybe an hour or so. And uh, the drafts don't typically take a full hour. So what we're going to do really quick. I haven't. Um, I, th- I think there's been a couple of I haven't updated. My draft IQ, but for people that don't, uh, this damn plugin is killing me. Um, for people that haven't subscribed to Spike Week Premium, I just want to give a quick test run of what you can see. I think I've done, like I said, a couple of BBM drafts um, since I have updated my draft IQ, but you can see kind of what I'm working with here. So first of all, uh, this will be part of me thinking through my process is understanding my portfolio, right? There's one thing to um, just like looking at your exposure page on underdog, but what we've built that I'm like really, really, really excited for at spike week is this ability to like deep dive your teams. And uh, specifically, we're going to be doing a, a best ball mania three draft. And I like to look in a silo, not a vacuum, in a silo at that team or excuse me, that tournament and think about what do my teams look like in that tournament? Right. I'll actually show you, you know, so I did, I only drafted 23 teams into the puppy 
but you can see my puppy teams here um, and like who my highest exposure players are. Oh, that's the lowest exposure. My highest, you know, I went ham on a few guys who I thought were good values or the right, it fit the right structure or whatever within the puppy. So, like I said, you can see within that puppy, like what my exposures look like. You can see, you know, Darnell Mooney as an example. It wasn't even necessarily a value thing. His current ADP is, uh, oh, no, oh, yeah. His current ADP is 59.5, you see over here. And I was taking him, you know, mostly closer to pick 57, which is really not a big deal. But I wasn't like getting some crazy value, honestly, on like any of these top guys for the most part. A little bit of value on Fields, little definitely a little bit of value on Gabe Davis and Kyler, whatever, but nothing super crazy. But I was taking stands on certain things within the puppy that I was really trying to target. Um, I am going to hop over here to the exposures tab. And so you see, you know, again, you see this exposure carrying over. You see a <laughs> little bit of little bit of uh, 49ers love I had going on here naturally with Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields as some of my highest owned um, players. I have a lot of Bears exposure, 48% zero RB, uh, lots of Denver KC, lots of Arizona uh, Atlanta in the final round, etc. cetera. So um, that's the puppy, right? But what we're about to draft is Best Ball Mania 3. And so as I click over here to Best Ball Mania 3 and you see the this this update here, part of what I'm going to do while I'm drafting is understanding what my portfolio looks like. And do I want to keep piling on Denver KC over here in Week 17? I mean, maybe. There's nothing wrong with that. I love Denver, Denver KC. But without knowing the fact that 48% of my, 48% of my teams have – um, some form of a, a Denver KC stack. And we define a stack as just, you just need to have at least one player from each stack. So that counts as like secondary stacks. It's not just Mahomes and Russ teams. But 50% of my teams have Denver KC. Is that what I want? For me, yes, actually it is. But if it isn't for, like, if it isn't what you want, right? Like, honestly, I, I I'm cool with only one robust running back team. I actually didn't know that I drafted six dual running back teams, AKA two running backs in the first three rounds, I believe is our definition of that, which I'm also adding the definitions to the site um, shortly. But again, you see like, I mean, I'm drafting, I, uh, I posted it on Twitter. 80% of my teams are two quarterback teams. So 20% are three quarterback teams. I don't have any four four quarterback. I don't have any one quarterback. Um, and I mean, 48% Denver. So it's like, I get into, we're going to get into this draft in just a second. And you see that I have like certain exposures, obviously to individual players, but like everybody can see that already from within, from within the app, but I have certain different exposures. And if I go back over here really quickly, I have certain exposures to, um, players at certain ADPs, right? So like, if I look at my highest, my highest exposure players, I'm getting I've I've I smashed so much Gabe Davis when you know Best Ball Mania 3 started that my average ADP looks really good. I'm still drafting him, but that's something to keep in the back of my mind that like every time I draft him now, I'm probably gonna pull this ADP down. And I, I had him in the 60s and stuff like that before. Dante Foreman, 
not really too worried about that. Same Mike Williams is probably an even better example than Gabe Davis. I've been drafting him. My average ADP on Mike Williams is 45.3. His ADP right now on underdog is 28.9. We're approaching a two-round difference between my average ADP on, on, on Mike Williams, and I have a ton, right? So I was taking him in like every draft when it first started, and now, now I have to weigh that. Right. So like when when I, I wanted to bring this up, because when I start to go through the draft and like I'm thinking through the the picks, I know this because I've I've and like I'm I have this up all day long. <laughs> this is on one of my monitors at all points throughout the day. I'm looking at this data. And so I I know I have 39 percent Mike Williams in Best Ball Mania three, but I know that I have it. At a much at uh, approaching a two round cheaper cost than what his ADP is now, and so when we get to the two three turn or whatever, someone might say, "Eric, why did why did you not even mention Mike Williams, or 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 something along those lines?" And it's ingrained in me that I'm trying to balance that out. Now I've only done I plan to max this out. I plan to have 150 entries. So I don't want to stop taking Mike Williams, but I am cognizant of the fact that I have a good clip of Mike Williams and I I don't want to, you know, just because I like him, I don't want to keep keep jamming him. If that if that makes sense. And you can do that for all of these, right? So I haven't drafted any of these. I just clicked over to the rookies and sophomores number 2 which we just posted our playbook for. Um, I haven't drafted any of those, but you could, you know, whatever you want to see. Again, the puppy, you want to see the big board? I think the big board works in here. Uh, really quickly, let me, we can look at my big board exposure. Oh yeah, the, man, that was so bad. In the pre-draft contest, Keisha. <laughs> Obviously the, the Bucks took Rashad White, right? And the big board was from before, uh, the NFL draft, and I was like, dude, Keyshawn Vaughn is the handcuff to Lenny, and he's available in the, you know, I, my average ADP, as you see here, was like 195, so I was getting, you know, taking him in the 17th, 18th round. That was that was bad. Sorry, I need to turn this cup around if we're going to be doing underdog streaming. Dallas Goddard. Still, I still like Dallas Goddard. I'm very, I'm very, very stubborn on that. However, they traded for AJ Brown. It's like, oh, congratulations, dumb shit. Took forty percent of this tight end at a. He's going like three rounds later than what I was taking him at back then, and which is fine. Obviously, uh, there was no way for us to know that that was going to happen, and he never. You know, people people misjudge that too. Like I, I got Dallas Goddard at this cost in that contest, but he never went outside of that cost in that contest. Am I? stoked about that no of course not but um it's not like in best ball mania if you were taking um someone and they fell three rounds it's a very different different situation uh the other one you see how bad my big board teams are my third eyes don't player mitchell <laughs> mitch trubisky i was make again if you remember this is pre-nfl draft pre-nfl offseason and i was making a bet that mitch would end up in one of these qb needy uh situations and he like sort of did but then they took Kenny Pickett so uh tough scene tough scene all around but i just wanted to um bring this up because i think it uh it will help maybe a little bit of some of the conversation 
and stuff uh, that we're having. Shout out to you, Steve. Uh, this is a this is an excellent question from GA. GA uh, mentions on the exposures tab. You'll see that not. Uh, the four exposures or the four structures that we have in there right now do not add up to a hundred percent. And that is because, and, and I actually don't think that they should. That is because not every possible structure fits into a definition of what we have outlined. We're going to continue to, uh, and I'm going to add a page within here that defines all of this, right? So every column will be defined. Every structure will be defined. What a stack is will be defined. All that stuff will be defined. I'm working on that. I was working on that today, but like sometimes you take a team that doesn't necessarily fit into like, it's a weird one, you know, uh, people talk about hyper fragile a lot. And like, you can take a hyper fragile team that is maybe doesn't fit into any one of these, these structures and our definition, I kind of like crowdsource the definitions for these, uh, structures and i want to play around with them and i want to get you guys's input on that but i'm gonna we're gonna stick with it for right now and then we're gonna post it and um continue to tweak it basically is what i'm saying and we'll get we'll get to the point that hopefully it does add up to a little bit more but also what we're gonna do is add in where you saw there it was just the main zero running back hero running back uh, uh dual running back and robust we're gonna add in so you can see how many times did you take an elite quarterback, like elite QB, elite tight end, double elite QB, right? Punt QB. We're going to add in. We're going to continue to add definitions to that structures section. But we wanted to get like the what, what people would consider to be the main core structures up there. Yeah, this is 100%, GA. This is if I if I created a, a zero RB and a modified zero RB and a hero RB and a modified hero RB. Like then maybe it might add up to a, to a hundred, but when you just, you know, there's a the little bit of variations and you have to create a rigid definition in order for the data to populate. And so that's part of, uh, that's part of just, uh, yeah, exactly. As Derek says, the cluster F build that's sometimes <laughs> that's, that is, uh, uh, sometimes how it goes. So anyway, enough, Enough of all that, but I did want to share it because I think um, talking through some of that is something that like people don't really do. That is like kind of low key important, right? So like, I'll Jesus, we need three. If anybody's watching that wants to join, uh, and it filled, <laughs> so apparently people were watching that wanted to join. Um, but I come on and I talk through. I we we hop in a draft. We talk through our who we like. We talk through the ideas on the the roster construction. We talk through right. We get so I'm picking seventh here. We're gonna get to the seventh pick, and I'm gonna be like, I like this guy, or I'm just gonna take this guy. And there's like not really a rhyme or reason to it. And particularly later in the draft, or even like I said with the Mike Williams example. We'll get to the third round, and I may not even mention him, not necessarily intentionally, but I it's just like I know in the back of my head, like, well, I got 40% of this dude already, and I was taking him in the fifth round. And that, now he goes at the late third. So I'm constantly, like I said, I don't, I've only done um, not even 40 best ball mania threes, but I want to be cognizant of that. And like that's always a balancing act, but like you know, you're on the clock for 30 seconds. You can only say so much. And so um, I'm trying to, 
I want to like put like, I don't care if you guys see what my, all my exposures are and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's the point of all this. And so, but that context is helpful to, for you guys to know, like my decision-making, they're like, holy shit, this dude just took 60% of Gabe Davis. No wonder he didn't like auto pick him <laughs> right here. Right. So, uh, yeah, the 107 is an interesting place. Obviously, we started this in uh, uh, first 15 minutes of this, and I didn't even mention the fact that uh, the whole premise of this was to try to figure out a way to get unique. And I'll be honest with you, I did not pre-plan for this. So we're going to find out fairly quickly if I have any idea what the fuck I'm talking about with getting unique. But the 107 is a, actually kind of an interesting spot to do so. Because uh, I think the top five are, are really pretty fairly set. You'll get a little bit of a variation in who goes in that top five. But as you see here, Cup, JT, Chase, CMC, and Jefferson are the top five in like just about every single draft. Let me see what. Uh, let me zoom a touch here. DeAndre, speaking of getting unique, <clears throat> someone else is is trying to get is trying to get unique here. I am going to take. I am going to take. Let me think about this really quickly. I got ten seconds. We are just going to do. Let's do this. We've reached this. We're in this weird spot. Let's let's try CD Lamb. We're in this weird spot, right, where if you guys know me well enough, you know that I'm not a particularly big fan of of these running backs. If you go to the rankings, you go to spikeweek.com and you go check out the rankings. Um, we have underdog top 250 rankings and underdog positional tiers. So you can see how the, the players are all lumped together in tiers. But I kind of like hate this entire spot. I, I typically will take Diggs, Kelsey, Devontae one of those three guys pretty much always at the 107 is who I'm taking. But CeeDee Lamb goes early second. And the difference is really not that great to me. This this is this is fairly similar to some things you could do last year where there's this huge tier drop off after those first five guys. And if you take anyone that goes in the next like 12 picks, it really doesn't matter who you took there. So now, but now the key in terms of this unique start is taking someone here now. Don't don't take someone that will still naturally pair up with that person in ADP, right? Um, I should have put the board back up, but CD goes again 13th overall. So we're gonna let's talk about him anywhere from the 11 spot to the 15 or 16 spot. I don't want guys that match up with those with 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 that, right? So now I'm probably gonna end up with maybe a a small reach on somebody here. Um, if Najee fell, I guess, well, there goes Najee. If Najee fell, I guess that would make sense. But like Devante, 11 and 13, I don't want it. They're, they're paired up together, even Mixon. Um, after that, I think it's a it's pretty much fair game after, after those top two guys. But that's kind of the methodology is uh, just these tiny little things like CeeDee Lamb and Mike Evans as opposed to Devontae Adams and Mike Evans. I don't know. I don't think it really matters. That is a 
hell of a fall for Devontae Adams. I really do wish I, that's something I could have I could have scooped. So I am going to take Mike Evans. Just because when you get guys in the second round that go together, uh, this close together in ADP, 13th and 18th, or 13th and 19th, like they're just not on the teams together. Now, could that change later in the year? Yeah, of course it could. I don't particularly see that happening with these two. I don't really think there's a lot of room for CD to to move around too much in ADP. Mike Evans, Mike, I, I could see Mike Evans falling a little bit, but nothing super crazy. And so, even if they end up getting paired later, I, I based on how I've seen every draft fall and based on their natural ADP, I don't think they. Uh, I, I just don't see a scenario in which a, a you know, this is any form of a chalky, chalky pairing. I mean, nobody's taking CD Lamb seventh overall, and then Mike Evans falls between a certain range, and it is, it kind of is what it is with those two guys. Also, like, excited about both offenses, give you paths to Dak Prescott stacks and Tom Brady stacks. That's a pretty Slaughterhouse got a good one here. Slaughterhouse with Diggs Devonte, I like that. Rob, I mean Rob. Rob is in the Rob. Rob's in the chat talking about getting shamed and started Kelsey and Saquon. Lundar says that's a great start, unique, but still total studs. That's kind of how I feel. If so, here's how I'm thinking about it. With uh, Mike Evans is kind of whatever. He's the lead wide receiver for the Bucks. We know they're going to throw a lot. Mike Evans is never going to be the wide receiver one on the year. Never going to be the guy when you get to week 17, you're like, oh shit. I don't like he's not going to be Cooper Cup. It's just like not in the range of outcomes. That's okay because he's just a good pick. That's why he goes where he goes. CD, what is the diff? If CD is worthy of the 13th overall pick, a one two turn pick, taking him seventh is like, if he's worthy of the 13th pick, he's basically worthy of the seventh pick, give or take, right? Yes, of course. I have Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey all ranked higher than CeeDee Lamb. But if he's worthy of the 13th pick, we're, we're, we're really overthinking things if we are then going to say like, oh, well, I can't, I can't reach six picks. It's like if you're willing to take him 13th, now if your argument is he should be like, a third rounder. I think that that's fine and that's fair, but the market has decided that's not the case. That CD Lamb is a early second round, you know, a one-two turn pick, and so those are the kinds of unique uniqueness kind of ideas that uh, that I like. This is fun. I like uh, multiple players available here. Sutton goes. You know me, and you know I love Kyle Pitts. I'm thinking this through. But what I think I'm going to do is Hollywood. Another one of my guys. Another one of my guys. Definitely agree with this. Lundar says, in a TD-heavy league, like underdog, if Evans can stay on the field, he's going to crush. Totally agree. 
I don't like I said, he's not, I don't think you're, you're ever going to be there's really no outs to him being Cooper Cup of last year, being Jamar Chase, even being Justin Jefferson or Devontae Adams, uh, you know, old Devontae Adams. But if you if if assuming health, if Mike Evans is playing and he's playing with Tom Brady, even when Godwin comes back, he's a smash. You want him like you're you're certainly not upset he's on your team because he can just go 150 and two any week, absolutely any week. And the floor is probably high enough that you're happy with him, that you're happy with him uh, too. Uh, Alex says, thoughts on Godwin. It's funny you bring that up because um, Hayden actually posted about Godwin, or not just Godwin, but injury situations today. And this has been my, I, I'm pretty sure I have zero Godwin. I don't know that I've taken him I mean, there's probably a a scenario in which I ended up taking him at some point on underdog or DraftKings or uh, probably not on drafters. But he, the injury thing is is bad. I I don't think the market is. uh, God damn it, we got the got the sex bots coming in here. We'll get a quick block real fast. This is apparently there's 69. There's there's there was just 69 people in here, and uh, then the sex bot showed up. Tell me if we're not living in a simulation. Right? You know what I'm saying? So Godwin is is just I just don't really I I I I know we talk about like, oh well, week 17 is all that matters and all that kind of stuff, but like that's not true in terms of if the guy's literally not gonna play. <laughs> like he, he you still need him to play football. Um let me think about this here. Here's one that you guys are going to laugh at me now. I don't know, if, you know how unique this is, but um, I'm kind of back in on Cam Akers, which is I, I, getting the Rams lead running back in the fourth round now at 4.06 or later. I understand everything that has happened and played out how Cam Akers looked. Trust me. I understand that everyone understands that, but no, but Zeke goes here, and other running backs go in front of him. Let's look at the board really fast and look at some of the running backs that are going in front of Cam Akers. James Connor, old. Nick Chubb, Deshaun Watson might be uh, suspended. Alvin Kamara might be suspended himself. Leonard Fournette, old. Javante Williams in a fifty-fifty timeshare. I like all these guys. I really like all these guys. He goes around two rounds after. After them, like this is a wide receiver heavy room and or a, a more so a non running back room than necessarily a wide receiver heavy room. I mean, Michael Pittman went in the second round. Uh, Pitter Pata is definitely going for the unique, <laughs> the unique team. DeAndre Swift, Michael Pittman, Cortland Sutton, and Zeke for Pitter Pata. Goddamn bots. All right, guys, trying to. uh... (laughs) The porn sites like getting unique. Apparently they uh, they've showed up in full force when uh, when uh, the uniqueness conversation comes around. That's when the bots 
This is a great point. The bots like acres. I'm gonna have to put that into my rankings process moving forward. If the if the bots like the acres thing, but what I do th- what I will say about acres is when we very first opened all the contests in this off season, he was like a two three turn pick, and the market has decided he sucks. It's over. He looked horrible in the playoffs, right? And I get it. I'm not particularly excited for how he looked, him coming off the Achilles. But we're talking about the lead Rams running back in which the Rams have always had a like real lead, like a, a workhorse lead, basically. That's what they do. They did it with Daryl Henderson, even though people said, no, they won't do that. Daryl Henderson, he's too small. They're not going to uh they're not <laughs> yeah, where where the bots are out in full force. Um Daryl Henderson was too small. There was no way he could possibly be the workhorse. He was. Sony Michelle traded for the dude, you know, uh be- right before the season started. He became a workhorse in in that offense <laughs> and cam Akers was their guy he was their guy before all that they rushed him back they literally forced him back off a torn freaking achilles and put him in and gave him tons of work and now we're like nope not interested in that anymore because he was not very uh he was not very good six months off of an achilles injury and so I'm kind of buying back in just because the market has really gone the opposite direction. There's also someone right here I really want. We'll see what Pitter Patter does. Oh, thank God. Whoa. I don't know if you're watching this, Pitter Patter, but. Uh... I appreciate your um, boldness. So I'm definitely going George Kittle here. This 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 George Kittle ADP is just absolutely thank you, Murano. It says all caps Kittle with four exclamation points. What are we doing here? Best tight end in the NFL, like real football wise. We're moving Trey Lance's ADP up, and Debo is not falling, and Ayuk is not falling, but George Kittle, who is at tight end, the position he just he uh, showed last year, still the weekly ceiling. I know he wasn't consistent, but you sh- you tell me who has that forty burger ceiling at tight end. Certainly not approaching the sixth round. I mean, I love Kyle Pitts. I I don't know that he can do what George Kittle can do, like fantasy wise. Kyle Pitts is basically a wide receiver. That's why I love him and I'm drafting him. But he has Marcus Mariota thrown to him on a shitty offense. George Kittle is the best tight end in the NFL with continual, uh, continually showing us that he's going to pop off for like 30 to 40 fantasy point games. You just can't get that anywhere else. Great point. Do you get blocking points now? No, but it means he never leaves the field. C. 
See, I kind of think this is a myth, but it's a fair. This is a very fair. Best ball moderate says, doesn't Lance mean that the 49ers will be throwing less than they were with Jimmy? So they didn't throw with Jimmy. How how little do you think that they're going to throw? Um, that's how that's kind of what the general consensus. Everybody just says, "Oh my gosh, Trey Lance is in there." There's no way that the passing volume maintains. Two things about that: one, Trey Lance can actually throw the ball outside the numbers, and he can throw the ball down the field. So the passing volume may not go up, and it could go down, but the passing upside goes up. Right? It's like, look at the Steelers last year. They had all the passing volume in the world. If you don't throw the ball down the field, you don't get fantasy points. Throwing two-yard pass. Everybody makes fun of Rondale Moore constantly. All Jimmy, because he didn't, you know, he had a negative dot or whatever. Jimmy did not throw the ball down the field. But people are worried about this. Dude has a absolute howitzer for for an arm and showed it last year. And people are worried that they might throw one less or two, you know, like it's not going to be, it's not going to be any, any like true significant difference. Let me add some, some guys to the queue here. Just, just to be safe. See, I hate this. I saw somebody tweeting earlier today about uh, that. They hate the fourth round. I hate this spot. I hate all these people. I hate every single one of these guys. They're all terrible. Nope, that's not what I wanted to click. I want, oh no, oh no. Got him. Okay. We got Hertz. I really wanted, uh, yeah, this is this is true. Uh, Steven says, if they threw less, they'd be the Ravens. And uh, Lundar says, if they threw less, they'd be the Badgers, the Wisconsin Badgers. I agree. But Shanahan runs the ball. I totally get that. Lance is what unlocks. Now he could suck and you're not going to, but if he sucks, it is what it is. You're not going to get anything from anybody. That's fine. But his skill set unlocks the upside of the offense because he can actually throw the ball downfield and throw the ball outside the numbers. And he will. And the running is not necessarily a bad thing. If he's able to add more running to the, to the offense if it makes them more efficient scoring more touch like uh somebody mentioned earlier that like half point ppr is just kind of about touchdowns if the offense scores more touchdowns they they haven't been a high scoring offense ian harditz loves to post uh kyle shanahan offense like ranks and stuff like that constantly because it's good it's a good bit and stuff and uh they like we we uh love to put Shanahan in as like uh this brilliant and he I do think he's a brilliant offensive mastermind but he loves to run so much that it kind of ends up from a scoring perspective hamstringing him and the offense is never one of the highest scoring offenses out there they've been like middle of the road or even below average for like most of the last 10 years of Kyle Shanahan's play calling career and so we just need more points you don't really need more passing. I think they threw the ball 29.5 times per game last year. I don't care if they throw it more. They they didn't throw it last year. I, who really cares? We're not buying the offense for them to throw it more. They need to score more fucking points. <laughs> so I don't care. How, I don't care if they throw it 25 times a game. 
if they score a bunch of touchdowns, they need to just score, <laughs> not throw it 40 times. Because if, if Lance is throwing it 40, 45 times, it's, something's probably gone wrong. They need to just score points. Here we go. Rob says the 49ers ranked 28th in pass attempts last season with Jimmy G ahead of the Saints, Seahawks, and Eagles, which is hilarious. Because people are, oh, Jameis. Jameis has all this upside. Off an ACL with one of the run-heaviest offenses in the league. <clears throat> and, oh, but the, this year the Eagles are going to throw more with Jalen fucking Hurts. I just drafted him because I agree, generally speaking, with like the raw fantasy ceiling. But people are people have convinced themselves, oh, the Eagles are going to throw more but they're concerned about the 49ers pass volume and the Eagles threw less than the 49ers last year. And they have the same quarterback. (laughs) That's one of my favorite takes. See, this is another spot. I just hate this spot too. And I've got my cam Akers uh, anchor here. And so we are, we're definitely going on you. I'm not a Michael Thomas or a nuke guy. All right, let's pull the board back up. Let's take a look. Let's take a look at a couple teams while we're doing this. Let's see what the 101, 101 went Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, <clears throat> Josh Allen, Darren Waller, and Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, zero RB, with Josh Jacobs and Antonio Gibson. That's in that that is interesting. I don't think I can do Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes together. Um and I don't particularly love Josh Jacobs or Antonio Gibson, but uh, interesting. Jonathan Taylor at the 102 with A.J. Brown, Mike Williams, Rashad Bateman. Bateman stacked with Bateman at the 411. Um, I actually don't know what his ADP is right now, so that could be normal. But my Lord. <laughs> that is. Uh, sp- speaking of the point, somebody said, um, if the 49ers, Steven said, if the 49ers threw less, they would be the Ravens. Uh, no one seems to be upset about the Ravens ADPs. Mark Andrews goes in the second round and Rashad Bateman just went at the 411. And they want to run. They were the run heaviest team for multiple years in the NFL. The only thing that happened last year was their entire defense got hurt. And so they couldn't stop anybody, which forced them to throw the ball more. Plus the offensive line collapsed. They both of their starting running backs got hurt. Everything went wrong for the Ravens to throw more, and we're cool drafting them, even though Hollywood's gone. We're cool drafting Bateman and Andrews, but people are so mind warped about Trey Lance and what he, the impact that he's going to have to um, the 49ers. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting kind of a mental gymnastic uh, exercise. My lord, MVS is getting expensive, but I really want to draft him here. I think he's my actually my top player left. I'm trying to think about this. I just don't want to take Miles Sanders with Hertz. Um, I really like Miles Sanders, and uh, this price is really good. If he somehow falls 12 more picks, I'll take him. He's not going to. But um, this is one where that kind of um, structure and particularly correlation element comes into play for me. I'm not, a, I'm not like opposed 
to Miles Sanders and and Hurts like totally, but I just don't want to have a ton of it in in my portfolio because Miles is very clearly um, dependent upon them continuing to be more run heavy and him scoring, getting some of these rushing touchdowns. And Jalen Hurts is dependent upon the absolute opposite thing, throwing the ball more and him continuing to get rushing touchdowns. And I just don't want to bank on those two things, um, even setting aside uh, you know, week 17, everybody loves to talk about week 17 and stuff, even setting aside week 17, just for the general season, I can't think of, I, I might not actually be able to think of a, a pairing where their ceilings are so negatively correlated, right? They can both get there. And I really like Miles Sanders and I really like Jalen Hurts. I just don't totally love um, the, the combination of the two of them. <laughs> Great comment. Best ball moderate says this is a Taysom in the 18th type of team kind of is it kind of is i might do thank you for that i'm gonna keep that in the back of the, the back of the mind it, this was a this was definitely you know uh the what does that say the unfaithful servant that is a talk about unique this draft is about getting unique that is a unique username the unfaithful servant um but this was an Olave team for sure. And and the unfaithful servant scoops up Chris Olave. Oh, let me get the board together here. So we've definitely steamed MVS, huh? But uh, that's still my guy. I'm still, I think we're going to reach a point soon though <clears throat> on MVS if he keeps rising into this kind of next tier where uh, that's when I'm going to back off. It's basically that I have I have him in this Ayuk, Renfro, Burks, Thielen tier, and um, he doesn't go there yet. Yeah, Juwan Johnson. Um, we are. This is gross. I don't really want to talk about these guys. The Saints are a hideous, hideous team to try to figure out in drafts. It's basically just like Olave. <laughs> that's it. I just give me some Olave and I don't want the, I, I, I'm not interested in anything else. Definitely one clear pick here, but some other guys too. Um, that makes sense. We'll see what Pitter Pata does. Mr. Unlikely takes Kareem Hunt. And then we'll see what our guy uh, Pitter Pata does. If he takes uh, the guy who definitely makes the most sense for me, he takes Zach Ertz. That you want to talk about unique? This motherfucker is going to have a unique team. So I'm taking Dallas Goddard. He's last Eagle. You know, there, you can take Quez later, and I think Kenny Gainwell. Um, I will have Kenny Gainwell in my back pocket. I think he's fine and can make some sense on a Jalen Hurts team. But uh, I know I've already taken Kittle, but I think it's totally fine. Um, I like, I already have an anchor running back too. I have an elite quarterback. I have five wide receivers that I feel really good about. Um, as you see here, I have CD lamb, Mike Evans, Hollywood Brown, Brandon, Ayuk, and MVS. Um, obviously with the team that I wanted or the team that I, uh, drafted, I wanted Trey Lance, but you know, that doesn't work out. It's okay to have the 49ers on, on your team without the quarterback. If Trey Lance excels, 
That's good for Brandon Ayuk, and it's good for George Kittle. Uh, where did Lance even go here? 84th overall to Jank. Jenks, you son of a bitch. Who's, do you have Debo? You better have Debo. Where are we? Where are you? What am I missing here? Oh, ha. yeah. Okay. You want Andrew? Is, is, this is the unique draft. All you guys went with uh, the uniqueness angle. Andrew's Debo at the turn. I love that, by the way, in the, in the, in the theme of uniqueness. As we're going for here, um, Rob took Kelsey and Barkley. That's uh, I can get behind that with uniqueness. Uh, Slaughterhouse from the 108 probably was not even trying to be <laughs> unique and just got Diggs and Adams. And I think that that's not like necessarily super unique. You might get that at the one two turn occasionally, but that's pretty sweet. Pitter Pata is just a fucking hot mess. DeAndre Swift, Michael Pittman, Cortland Sutton, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian Kirk, Russell Wilson, AJ Dillon. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Um, Jefferson, Mixon. So what? What? What this turned into is the all uniqueness draft. Even if you weren't trying to be unique, you were getting values like this, like the that you just could never. You just could never get in other drafts, but because everybody else, all of us are doing kind of these uh, unique starts, it gave everybody a unique team. So someone here is someone here is in good shape. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's one of you guys, but one of us is in is in uh, pretty good shape here. All right, so I'm back on the clock. Let me look at this really quick. Ramondre is my guy here for sure. I mean, I like, I like James Cook fine. Um, but I think Ramondre has a little bit more ceiling, like raw, pure ceiling. I'm definitely going to get uh, Patriots. Patriots are going to bury me with the amount of Ma- Ramondre that I have. I have plenty of Hunter Henry. I have plenty of Jacoby Myers. I have plenty of Kendrick Bourne. I've taken some James White. Damian Harris has fallen enough to where I've taken him, and I am and I take Mac Jones. The Patriots are going to bury me, but they're so damn cheap. They're so, they're so cheap. <laughs> this is a really good comment. If Pitter Pato wins, wins the whole thing with this team, Rob will retire. Let's go Pitter Pata. Everybody is rude. There's a, a bunch of people watching and rooting for you now. Drafting at the turns is tough because uh, Josh says drafting at the turns is tough. And I think that that is 100% true because like the, the value thing is like a little bit of a myth at the turns because like, oh, you, you do have a chance to scoop some value, but you you don't get to pick again for so long that you have to set up your your teams uh appropriately right like if you're if if the last guy that's uh Brandon Ayuk is the last guy available in 49er stacks if you get to your turn your turn pick and he's you would reach 10 picks on on Brandon Ayuk Maybe a bad example because you wouldn't have Trey Lance. Um, 
you would reach 10 picks. You took Jalen Hurts, and now it's like, do I just double-tap Jalen Hurts with somebody? Or at the next turn, do I reach on Dallas Goddard? Whatever. Figuring that out, how to how to handle that, because we know that the correlation is extremely important, but we also know that we we don't want to be reaching too far. Um, I tend to not worry about it too much. I tend to just be like, if this guy isn't going to be there when it, when it comes back to me, that's all I really care about at the turns. Omar says, kind of a random question, but out of the 20 picks, how many would you say you need to, in quotes, hit on to get a top score? Um, interesting question. What I will say, let me, let me hit, let me hit my, uh, I'm up here in, you know, 30 seconds or, or so, um, in DK, of course, well, this is an underdog draft. And one thing I will say is it's a little bit different in best ball because, you know, defining a, a hit you know, an air quotes hit is, is quite, is quite different. So I'm taking Alexander Madison really quick here. Um, again, I started with cam acres and, uh, as you see here, we went CD lamb, Mike Evans, Hollywood Brown, cam Akers, George Kittle, Jalen hurts, Brandon, Ayuk, MVS stacked Jalen hurts with Dallas Goddard. So we're definitely done at tight end. And I have an elite quarterback already. And I have a, uh, Basically, uh, you know, some might call this a zero running back team. I don't this. This would be a, a hero running back team with Cam Akers as the hero. And so now I need to hit some of these running backs that are really, really, really like in these next, you know, four to five rounds. Uh, and Alexander Madison is is one of them. Um, that's funny. Eric says uh, to Omar's question, all 20. If you if you miss if you miss a pick, you lose. But. You can definitely have misses. That's that's one of the things. Um, this is not necessarily going to answer your question, but it's it's <clears throat> a premise that I think is a, a huge miss by most people. Is that like, why does zero RB work? Why does hero RB work? Why 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 does robot? Why do any of these? Why do we talk about? these strategy elements and these structures and all this correlation. And why do we talk about all that stuff? It's specifically, it's not because we're trying to be right. And we're trying to like, you know, solve this crazy game. It's actually the opposite. It's that we know we're going to be wrong. We inherently know we're going to miss. And so I want to minimize the amount of things that I have to get right and capitalize on all of kind of the fragile elements of this game. I almost just went into autopilot mode and that would have been really bad. Um, well, I have, I almost, I also almost just took Daryl Henderson, which I do not want to do with this team. Don't really like Naheem Hines, but I think we might've just backed ourselves into a corner because I only have 10 seconds left. No, I'm gonna take. I'm, I'm gonna try to take Dotson. I'm gonna take Jahan Dotson. Get a rookie wide receiver here. The one that the you know he's risen quite a bit, but the market is quite a bit down on. Got these goddamn bots. 
how is it possible that these bots just keep showing up? They took a break for like a half hour and it was really, it was really sweet. Brutal. Um, but back to the kind of like how many picks do you need to hit? Um, there's no, I, I would not try to put a number to that because there's also like, if you, like if you hit on Cooper cup last year and you, if you hit on Cooper cup, JT, Mark Andrews and Debo last year, it was like, well, the amount of things, the amount of hits you need to have is a lot lower because you hit on the four best players in fantasy. If you, if your hit is trying to think if your hit is what Mike Williams, let's just say Mike Williams. He's fresh on my mind from the beginning of the show. If you hit on Mike Williams, he was a big hit to start the year, but over the course of the entire season, he was a good hit, like a really good hit. But like he wasn't Cooper Cup, he wasn't Debo, he wasn't those guys. So you certainly need if you if if you had Mike Williams as one of your hits and not Cooper Cup, the amount of hits you need over the course of the entire season is a lot more. Also because in those regular season weeks, one of your other opponents has Cooper Cup. And you do not have Kubrick up, and he's dropping 30 balls every week. So it's a lot more of this sort of binary type of thing. It's very strange. It's and it's and that's what's really great about this game is it's so hard to kind of figure out those little subtle nuances. Because if you have sorry, I keep fucking up the board. If you have Cooper, if you had Cooper Cup last year, that minimizes the other shit you got to get right too, right? And so that's why it drives me nuts when people talk about like the, oh, all you care about is structure. All you care about is uh, week 17, right? No, we all care about, we all care about the play. We start with the players. I want to get, I want to find Cooper Cup. However, I also know inherently that I'm going to be wrong more often than I'm going to be right. And so those other things then start to come into play. Those other things help create the scenario in which you find Cooper Cup. I got this Cooper Cup team, right? Uh, CD Lamb is Cooper Cup. I drafted CD Lamb in the first round. CD Lamb is Cooper Cup. Now the structure, the correlation, all that kind of stuff is how I maximize when Cooper Cup is a hit. And so it's a little less about saying how many hits do I need and how do I structure my team around when that team has the hits on it. If that makes sense. Dude, if I had a dollar for every time Siri picks up on what I'm saying and starts coming up on the screen, like, oh, what can I help you with? It's about the same amount of time that the bots are in are in the chat. It's pretty close. So, oh, baby, this one's easy. I was really, I was, I was not going to try to say anything. I was really hoping Josh Palmer would be here. Um, as you guys know, with my week 17 brain, Josh Palmer is a pick I love anyway and uh, correlates with Cam Akers, allows me to be approaching on done at wide receiver, but still enough flexibility if I want to do uh, 
anywhere from anywhere from seven to nine wide receivers I'm, is are available to me here. I'm obviously only taking two tight ends. I'm also personally only going to take two quarterbacks with Jalen Hurts. So it kind of sets me up really, really well here. I am going to hit a couple of these guys into the queue. Just uh, Daniel Jones. I don't I have two 49ers already, so I don't love don't love. Davis Price. I mean, I love, I actually am a huge Tyrion Davis Price stand, but I don't love him on this team in particular. But um, when I already, ha- when I don't, especially like if, if you're going to onslaught, I'm not a big onslaught fan in Best Ball Mania, but if I'm going to onslaught somebody, uh, let's do it. I don't want to like start onslaughting teams then not having the quarterback, especially when it's someone like Trey Lance with the upside that he brings. Yeah. Best ball moderate says Palmer has risen like two rounds. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Josh, blame Josh Norris. Blame him. Add him right now. Saying shout out to you, Josh. Hope you're happy. You wouldn't even like him if he didn't play the Rams in week 17. Kidding. Um, I'm asking for all the content DGENs. What's your thoughts on stacking week 17 to try to get as many teams into the finals? I was obsessed in the puppy with having a weaker team stacked in their week 16 and 17. Um, I get it. It's not for me, but um, I do certainly get it. Damn it. I wasn't paying attention that Gainwell went. I was really kind of hoping for Gainwell there. But interestingly, shout out uh, shout out to me. I have uh, Tyler Algier in a similar tier to everybody else here. And in case you didn't know, Tyler Algier is on the Atlanta Falcons, and the Atlanta Falcons play the Arizona Cardinals in Week 17. So we're cooking with gas. We're cooking with gas on on week seventeen. But I do feel I feel this insane need now to to try to say every time I say I'm correlating this, I always feel the need to say I'm correlating this only because we have reached a tier where these all these guys are the same for me. If if we if I had Khalil Herbert or Daryl Williams, or James Robinson, These, as you see the running backs go off the board here. If I had those guys, like, on very different... If James Robinson was two tiers ahead, I would take James Robinson, even though he doesn't correlate with my team. It's when you reach that point of, these guys are the same. I like Tyler Algier, the same as I like Kula Herbert, the same as... Right? It's fine. If you have him ranked that much higher and projected that much higher, take that guy. But if... If they're close enough to where the the correlation then boosts that other guy above, that's when I'm taking that guy. So that's and that's exactly what just happened. Peng says, even if you correlated, even if we correlate, you have to just get lucky. You're not eliminated. I had two teams that would have placed near the top just get blasted in week 16 by guys who, yeah, I mean, you have to get there and like pray for good luck. But that's why we that's why we draft structure. That's why we that's why we do the correlation thing over and over 
and over. We, I don't pick and choose. I don't pick and choose when I draft what I believe to be good structure. I don't pick and choose when I disobey my rankings or whatever. I don't pick and choose when I correlate. It's I'm drafting 150 teams into this tournament with these 10 things. I have I have 10 levers I'm pulling. I'm not going to do that. Uh, put my hands behind my back. I'm going to draft. I'm going to pull these 10 levers, right? And that's why when, when people are like, uh, I correlate all the playoff weeks and stuff. I get that. I'm keeping it as simple as possible. I'm keeping it as absolutely simple as possible. I'm building my structures. I obviously have my rankings and my player takes already built in. And then I'm correlating week 17. And that is it. I'm like sticking to it. I'm, I'm obviously doing a few little things more than that. But you get the point. I, I'm sticking to my five to ten things. That's how, that, that's how I'm drafting. I might have to take Zach Wilson here because we might fall off a quarterback cliff. I actually don't remember who I have at. at uh, yeah, I don't have any. I have Wentz available to me. Just Wentz, though. Wentz is my only stack available. Okay. Um, I need to look at running back. Running back is terrible. Shit. Yep. I got to take. I have to take Wilson here, I think. Nope. You missed your pick. Um, kind of similar thing. I did I, I didn't care to like necessarily force Zach Wilson there. I'm 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 so so on on Zach Wilson, and I obviously don't have a stack, but uh just kind of how it goes. Same thing. He actually I think is a tear break for me. Who's a quarterback? What Deshaun Watson. Um, I'm very, very low on Tannehill. I do like Mac Jones. So that was that was something I was considering was, and Jenks is just crushing me in this draft. I think Jenks just took Mac Jones, who is a guy I like. Um, I think I have him um, actually in a fairly similar tier. So that's why I was going back and forth on: do I just take Wilson here, or do I kind of wait and let uh, Mac Jones fall to me? But I, a obviously he didn't fall to me, and there's no one else here that I really. <laughs> that I really like anyway I can make a I can correlate a better this is another thing I don't on one hand it's hard it's hard to communicate these kinds of things on one hand I don't like the like passing game with running back correlation but on the other hand I also do like making bets on individual offenses and so that's when it becomes this um your it's a balancing act of a understanding the archetypes of the players and the archetypes of the offense and, and then understanding the cost you're investing into it. And we'll get into it here in a second. Um, assuming this person doesn't go, or if they do go um, someone that fits what I'm talking about here, where it's like, I believe in their true raw ceiling outcomes where I want um, my players to fit together, running the, the, the kind of like typical running, running back, you know, the guy that thrives off of, uh, see, that's what I should have done. God damn it. I, should, I guess it wouldn't have worked out to me. I should, but I should have done, should have tried to do Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne. That's what I should have tried to do. So, um, I definitely fucked that up, but the running back, like I, in a total dream scenario, like my running backs would probably not even be tied to, to the offense that they play on. Oh, wow. Visca. Okay. So, but what I am, what I am going to consider is either Jamal Williams or Brian Robinson here. 
Um, I think it needs to be Brian Robinson. Because, so, like I said, I have made a little bet on Washington, and I, I, I think people say that way too much, and um, they'll talk about like, oh, I've I've already bet this, or you know, I've already got a player on this team, or I've made a bet on this offense, and like that is true. But there's also more to it for me personally than that. It's a kind of a balancing act. And um, Brian Robinson and Dotson is so-so. Is so-so for me. But the the really positive thing is, A, both rookies and young players. And B, both super cheap. Right? People will do, oh, I took Justin Jefferson. So should I keep betting on this offense and take Dalvin Cook? Or, oh, I... I took Justin Jefferson. Should I keep betting on this offense and take Adam Thielen as opposed to thinking through the cost and how those players correlate um, in their ceiling outcomes? They definitely do. The consigliere says Dotson and Robinson negatively correlate to me. Largely do. So they positively correlate. This is always the the difficult thing um, to kind of walk through is they positively correlate in that if the offense performs, their expectations both rise, which is good. They negatively correlate in that A, there's only one football. B, Brian Robinson has his ceiling outcomes in a running situation. And Jahan Dotson has his ceiling outcomes in a passing situation. However, when you reach a certain cost, you know, I don't want to take. So like people will do Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. People will be like, oh, I'm stacking the Bengals. Give me Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. And I think that's a massive mistake because of this exact thing. Their ceiling outcomes absolutely negatively correlate. And I don't want that with my, I, with a certain, I, I don't, I don't have a, a definition for a tipping point, but there is a tipping point in which I don't want that anymore. Right, a certain level of cost, a certain level of cost. I don't know where that lies, but like when you get to Jahan Dotson in the sorry, I should have had this up already. When you get to Jahan Dotson 140 overall, and then Brian Robinson 190 overall, I'm not really that worried about that. As paying sense, it's cheap, they're cheap. Exactly. 100% Omar. They positively correlate, but the ceiling outcomes don't. Jenks says macro, they correlate at the offense level. Negative from a micro single game level. But they're cheap enough, so it's fine. Boom. You guys nailed it. Crushed it. God damn it. You guys had such good analysis here in the chat that the bot came back. I hope you're happy with yourself. Because I'm not. I do um, need to think. I really wish that I I really screwed this up. But um, I got to think about this. I have, I don't have any Broncos, right? So that's okay. We'll move on without Broncos. Davis Mills goes. So Dolphins would work. Packers would work. Browns would work. Cardinals, I'm good. 
I think I'm pretty sure the answer here, I actually really like Jarek McKinnon and McKinnon is fine. Foreman works with, but what I really need to do here, I'm pretty sure is Zamir White. I have two 49ers. I have two 49ers. Um, so my, this is where, again, you get to the 17th, 18th round. These guys are absolutely all the exact same. All the same. And the there is a little bit of ambiguity in the Raiders backfield. And I've already drafted two 49ers. And so, like, if you tell me that you have Jarek McKinnon or Sony Michelle so much higher than than uh, Zamir White, that's fine. I'm not even necessarily going to argue with you. I don't. <laughs> I think pretty much everybody is being drafted in the 17th and 18th round for a reason. And so that's when I, I am going to just side with that correlation aspect of, of things. It's, it's archetype and correlation. And I obviously need a running back <laughs> for sure. And then um, I also side to youth. As you see here with two, I've taken two rookie running backs, a second year quarterback, another rookie running back, second year wide receiver, rookie wide receiver, <laughs> second year running back, clearly siding towards the youth. See, even then, as Omar says about um, Mixon Chase, is that even if, if, if Mixon, this is probably true that Joey, Joey B, as you call him, as Burrow is playing an MVP level. But if Mixon is gonna score, is gonna be so good that you want to take him, you know, where he goes. So here's the question: I really should have done better preparation. I'm upset with you guys for um, doing this to me. I should step. So here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna. Not worry about any of this correlation stuff, and where I'm going to take this is uh, I know better. This is a guy who actually probably does project better for me than uh, <laughs> than anybody else. Here, Zay Jones. That's one of my guys. That's one of my 18th round guys. Um, let me pull up the board, and doesn't correlate with anything. But guess what? That's my dude. So we just went with a very simple and straightforward two six eight two team. Was not able to get anything with my second quarterback. Two stud tight ends, bunch of good wide receivers, and uh, an anchor Cam Akers built with a couple little extra correlations built in with a ton of rookies and a ton of second year players. And uh, see here, here's a <clears throat> here's a fun one. I don't even know the week fifteen and week sixteen. I don't have the week fifteen and sixteen schedule memorized. Only week 17. So that works. Sorry, someone is literally texting me right now about best ball. It said, which, what they said, which Falcons and which Steelers quarterbacks are you looking at? <laughs> Who the, oh my God. Chigozia McConwo. Boy, we really took this unique. We really took this unique uh, concept very far in this draft. You guys took it further than I did. You guys absolutely took it way further than I did, and I appreciate it. Uh, 
Let's just go to the full draft. We'll run down a couple teams really, really quickly, and then I got to bounce out of here. For me, I drafted a 2682 team, which is my number one most used structure because I drafted a lot of zero RB teams. Jalen Hurts, Zach Wilson, Cam Akers, Ramondre Stevenson, Alexander Madison, Tyler Algier, Brian Ryan. We we went to uh, Cam Akers, second year Ramondre Stevenson, Madison, been in the league a couple years. Madison is the vet of my running back, of my running back core. And then we closed it out with three straight rookie running backs, Tyler Algier, Brian Robinson, and Zamir White. We got unique with CeeDee Lamb and Mike Evans in the seven at the, at the seven pick and the 18th pick. Then we went Hollywood Brown, Brandon Ayuk, MVS, Jahan Dotson, Josh Palmer, and Zay Jones with a double elite tight end, George Kittle and Dallas Goddard team. Uh, Corbin, 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 Corbin says unique. Oh boy, Lord Corbin, Corbin, CMC, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette. You make me sick. Running back, running back, running back. Allen Robinson, DK Metcalf, Devonta Smith, Traylon Burks, Michael Thomas. Good Lord. Hold on. Sorry. I got so carried away looking at this. Robert Woods, Mecole Hardman, Justin Fields. Cole, Cole, love the Justin Fields. Cole Komet smashed there. Albert O, Jameis Winston, Noah Fant, Ryan Tannehill. So we went three. I got to see this. Your, your team is... Your team is goddamn crazy. Three, four, eight, three. That is fun. Why will this not scroll down for me? Uh, let's just zoom out. Three, four, eight, three for Corbin. Fields, Winston, Tannehill, CMC, and you handcuff CMC. Boy, we were having fun today. If people want to watch how to draft some unique teams, go look at this board. I'm going to have to post this board. A-Rob, DK, Devonta, Traylon, Michael Thomas, Robert Woods, Mikol Hardman, Brian Edwards, Cole Komet, Albert O, and Noah Fant. Fun team. Really fun team. As uh, as Jenk says, ain't no dupes. Ain't no dupes in this lobby when every single person... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you mean unique. Uh, you definitely are a handcucker, as, uh, as Steven says. No handcucking. You would think if people were watching, you would think we all did draft drunk as Jinx says. But I think uh I kind of think I like most of these teams. As you guys were drafting, I was I was liking what you guys were uh putting together. I actually kind of like what I put together. So uh I think it kind of worked out. When someone says apparently that's the new thing, anytime I want to try to get unique, I'm gonna say that I'm getting unique and like put it out ahead of time. This is a unique draft. And then you guys will come in and be like, Oh yeah, now I'm going to get unique too. We can all do it together and then even the people that aren't that are in the draft that aren't trying to get unique are gonna, it's you're just going to naturally end up with a unique team. So that's what we're going to do. Um I'm going to get out of here tomorrow morning. Normally the Tuesday Spike Week football show is in the evenings. Rob Coakley is going to do the show in the morning, so be on the lookout for the alert on that if you are subscribed to the channel. Uh, if you if you uh, if you're a fan of the channel, you may or may not get an alert that says, "Hey, by the way, there's a new video live. It's coming soon." Um, and if you have not gotten access to that tool, Draft IQ that we showed at the very top, just go to the website, go to Premium, 
only 25 bucks a month for access to that tool. I swear the only tools I build are the ones that I want to use myself as a best ball player or as a DFS player or whatever. Um, so I swear by it and we're constantly going to continue to evolve it. I'm really excited actually about some of the things we're working on in just the next day or two. Um, so go to the website and check that out. Rob will be with you. Uh, I believe he's drafting another BBM team tomorrow morning. I'll be back with you. Best ball bros on Wednesday. And we're right back in. We're right back into, uh, into the cycle. Thank you guys. You allowed me to get unique without drafting super crazy, without drafting super crazy. Had a lot of fun. Um, Rob, we'll see you guys tomorrow. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Peace.